Well, good morning, Bridge Goldsboro. What, th this is your post-Christmas crowd right here. Post-Christmas, not just post-Christmas crowd, but post-Christmas face. Some of you are like really excited because you got everything you wanted for Christmas and you're a little smilier. Others of you look like you got an anvil, <laughs> literally, for Christmas. Um, did some of you really get an anvil? Because like that literally got nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is you got for Christmas, but listen, listen to this. Ephesians 3.20 says this, now, all glory to God, every bit to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work in us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, does that verse describe what you got for Christmas this year? <laughs> infinitely more? Still nothing. You guys have got to wake up and talk to me. Uh, does it describe what you gave for Christmas this year? Infinitely more? I don't know. Uh, did, let me ask this question. Do any of you have infinitely uh, more Christmas still hanging around your house? like decorations that are still up. Go ahead. It's, it's still December, so you can get away with it right now. Now, how many of you have presents at your house that you forgot to give somebody? <laughs> I'm just going to raise my hand because it's true. Uh, how many of you have leftover food that you can't get rid of? And like you were the person that took it home, you know, when they're like, hey, take this, and you don't want to, but you're like, hey, okay, and it's still there. How many of you this? How many of you have uh, family that won't go home? <laughs> don't, don't raise your hands. Uh, good luck with that. Um, all right, I, I heard a story of a guy who's still dealing with some headache of Christmas, is still lingering around. He was actually on a business trip, coming home, uh, trying to get home for Christmas, Christmas Eve. He's at an airport, and he's checking in his luggage, and right above the luggage scales is mistletoe. And so he looks at the attendant, and she kind of smiles at him, and he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm married. And she said, well, that's, that's not for us. Don't get me wrong. She said, that's, that's so you can kiss your luggage goodbye. <laughs> and uh, what's funny is the airline actually lost his luggage. And he gets home and to his wife, I didn't know I was actually kissing it goodbye. And so I don't know if that's kind of the way your Christmas went or not. I hope it went good. Uh, but now that Christmas is over, we're all leaning into this thing called 2019 and we all have our minds kind of wondering, what does 2019 hold for me? Have you found yourself asking that yet? Um, I want you to think about that for a minute. What is 2019 holding for you? What, what's going to happen for you in 2019? Now, you may not know all the details, but this we can rest in. Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work in us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. What might God, who coined that, be wanting to do in you? The problem isn't God. The problem is us because we're limited in our thinking. When we start thinking about the new year, we say, well, what's, what's in store for me? Let's see, I'm going to get another year older. <laughs> My kids are going to be a year closer to graduating. Maybe they're high school or junior high or elementary. Maybe they're graduating into pull-ups. I don't know. Uh, and, and we think, well, you know, in the spring, I'm going to go to a family reunion. Maybe I'll have enough saved up to go on vacation for Christmas or for, uh, for the summer. And then fall comes, and I'm going to be hitting deadlines, trying to make end-of-year things happen for work. And then hopefully I'll have enough saved up for Christmas so that I can do it all again and then we can have this same conversation going into 2020. And, and, and we do that, and we're like, uh, why? I mean, all those things aren't bad things, but if this verse is true, that God, the, the one who created the universe, is able to do immeasurably more in our lives than we could ever ask or think, then there has to be more than just another 365-day run. 
w- would you say so? Going to work and, and eating lunch and punching out and coming home and, 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 and with a few things sprinkled there in the summertime for that. What could God do in you this year? I was looking last week at the trees out the window, and I was looking at the trees, and I think, wow, that's pretty cool. Just kind of had a moment where I'm like, what does it take to make a tree, <laughs> you know? And then I started looking at the clouds kind of beyond that, and I was like, you know, God, I wouldn't even know where to begin to make a tree or a cloud. I have trouble making cereal <laughs> sometimes. I-, I can't imagine what it takes to actually think in your mind it, what it takes to actually make a tree. And then I got to thinking about the earth and, and what it does, and I started just looking up some things, and I, I realized some things that I didn't know. That, that think, look at this. The earth right now is spinning. We all know it's spinning, right? Okay. It's spinning 1,000 miles an hour. Do you feel that? I mean, we don't feel it, but it's right now, right this second. We're spinning 1,000 miles an hour, and we are hurling through space around this giant fireball called the sun. Now, the sun is so big it could fit a million, over a million earths inside of it. And we're hurling around it. And by the way, we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, and we're hurling around the sun, I get this, at 67,000 miles an hour. That's not something that's just in some textbook somewhere. That's happening right now as we speak. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not just another ordinary day. We're we're traveling so fast, and to think that everything is so big that it actually takes one year to make that journey around the sun. And I think the God who made all that stuff up, to be sure, he wants to do something more in your life with that year than just go to work and come home and have a summer vacation. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so ginormous. And all that cool stuff about the earth that God made, all that unthinkable stuff that we can't even wrap our minds around, the fact is, is God loved you before he made that. In fact, a few chapters before in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We who stand before him covered with his love. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. Why did he do that? Well, the last sentence says he did it because he wanted to. He did it because he was pleased to do it. All those cool, unthinkable things that I just mentioned about the earth, before he did any of that, he was thinking about the unthinkable things in our minds that he would do in you because he loved you. If he loves you that much, then what could he have in store for you in 2019? I mean, I don't know. I, I look at that verse and I read it and I'm like, who's he talking about? He's talking about me? <laughs> you know, is he re- that's the God that loves me? Well, yeah, he was talking about you. He's talking about me because he chose Christ to die for us. He chose you. He adopted us all into his family. And he did it before he even made the earth. The temptation, when we read verses like God wants to do infinitely more in your life than you can ask or think. The temptation is to think that God's just going to send us a lot of money or he's going to send us a new Lambo, you know, the yellow one that's real flashy that everyone talks about. I mean, that's, that's all good stuff. But, but listen, for some of you, you know, you're dealing with hurt right now and you need healing. Maybe you need healing physically and you have no idea what to even imagine to ask for because you don't even know if the healing is possible. And what you need to know today is God wants to do more than you can ask or think. 
For others of you in the room, there is a void inside of you. And that's really the, the best way to describe it. There, there's a void in you, and you don't know what it is, but it won't go away. You have lots of things. Things are happy-seeming. But at the end of the day, at the end of, uh, of when the rubber meets the road, there's this emptiness inside of you that you know that won't go away. I've heard people try to describe it as a lack of peace. I've heard people describe it as just an emptiness. Some of them relate it to fear. But there's a void there. And you don't know what to ask for to fill that. There's this quest maybe that you've been on as to what I can do to fill that void. Listen, you need to know God wants to do more in you than you could ask or think. Now, for all of us in the room, we have no idea what 2019 holds. In fact, I could march a few of you up here and you could say, what happened in 2018? I never saw it coming. <laughs> There's going to be some of that in 2019 too. So the fact is, you don't know what to ask for because you don't know what it holds. You need to know today that God wants to do more in you than you could ask or you could think. Lamborghini would be nice for a while, but what if this? What if I told you that you could go into 2019 and face every joy, face every obstacle, face every single opportunity in relationship with God and closer to Him than you've ever been before? Would that, would that sound good? I know God's Word is true, and I know He wants to do some things in your life that are far greater than you can imagine, so you don't know what to ask for that are far greater than you know what to ask for from where you're sitting right now, because you just don't know. So I want to talk about two things real quick today that you can do to make sure that you're ready for God to do infinitely more in your life in 2019. You ready? The first one is simply this, lead yourself to God. The second one is let God lead you. <laughs> That's what it is. I want to talk about these two things. Lead yourself to God and then let God lead you. And I want to tackle this first one because what does that mean, Pastor Ryan? Lead yourself to God. Well, what I mean is this. At some point, you have to take responsibility to position yourself to be able to hear him in your life. At some point, you have to take on the responsibility that says, I'm going to do what I need to do on my part to hear him. Now, I'm not suggesting that God can't reach you where you are. I'm not suggesting that, you know, when we get to the lowest of lows, God waits for us to per se some magic prayer or do some list of things before he's relatable to us. I'm not saying that at all. He's there, but we have to lead ourselves to the decision that we want him and then do something about it. What am I saying? Do the things on your part to prepare yourself to be a place that God can work in your life. Let me say that again. Do the things on your part to prepare yourself to be a place where God can work in your life. As good as it would sound and as good as it would be, the fact is, is there's not a team of people somewhere in a room on some part of the world that's planning your next steps for spiritual growth. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if there was? But there's not. God loves you. He wants you to make the decision, and he wants you to step up to him. And so what is it that you have to do this year? Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he was a young pastor, he said, listen, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but who correctly handles the word of truth. If God wants to do great things in your life, infinitely more than you could ask or think this year, then wouldn't you say, hey, let's figure out how to get ready for that. Well, let's get ready for that. Back in New Testament times, uh, the, the Greek games were extremely popular. Think Olympics, kind of how this all first started. People would show off these Olympic-like skills, this athleticism, for these beautiful wreaths made of ivy. I mean, they went head over heels for it. And, and they were strong. They just kind of bulked up, and they, 
They showed athleticism. It was almost, you were somebody if you could do these types of things. And Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, listen, every athlete, they exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive this perishable wreath, <laughs> you know, that, but, but we're going after something that's imperishable. He said, so, so me, I don't run aimlessly. He's speaking about his walk with Christ and what he does on his part. He says, I don't, I don't box as like I'm beating the air just for nothing. He said, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to other people, then I myself should be disqualified. And I don't want that. He's saying, listen, even athletes know how to prepare and train themselves to get ready for what's coming. And they do it for a trophy that's not even going to last. How much more, who sh I'm striving after the God of the universe... How much more should I put myself and position myself in a place because I'm inheriting something that's going to last forever? So I say this, stop asking God to do everything for you and lead yourself to him. Position yourself. I think a prayer we pray that I think it's not deep at all and I think we need to change it is God, make me everything you want me to be. Make me the man or woman I should be and then say amen and walk away. And I, I think maybe this year we need to stop giving in to the same old thing that keeps us from knowing him more. I, I think maybe for, for you, maybe you need to read his word and, and fill up with it and then say, God, help me apply this to my life. By the way, everything you do and everything God does through you that's great is going to be because you, you, his word dwells in you. And so if we say, God, help me take this, this word, your word, the Bible, and apply it to my life, well, the only way he's going to do that is if you filled up in the first place. He can't apply something to your life that you haven't made an effort to fill up on. Does that make sense? So maybe you need to discipline yourself to fill up on his word. We, we pray that prayer, God, you know, make me everything I need to be. And I just got to say, God, he's not going to snap his fingers and do that. You know what he's going to do? He's going to show you a path to walk. And then by his miraculous supernatural power, he's going to help you walk it. You get that? He, he's not going to snap his fingers and make you something. He's going to show you a path to walk. In other words, you have to put one foot in front of the other and present yourself to him. And we're going to talk about what that path looks like in a minute. But you actually have to step up and, and do it. And he will, he'll help you. Listen, we, we look at parents who give their kids everything and they bail them out of everything. And you know what we call them? Enablers. And that's not a good thing. And so God doesn't do that either. Uh, God, he's not. You don't have to, to earn worthiness of him. But Jesus earned that. But you do have to actually live like you want it. You do have to actually step up to the plate. Am, am I stepping on anybody's toes? Good. I, I, I've stepped on mine like all over myself this past, uh, this past week, and so I'm preaching to myself too. But guys, 2019 is coming. It's just around the corner, and I'd be willing to bet by looking at you, a good, healthy group, we don't want 2019 just to be another lazy, mediocre year. We want to get to the other side and go, you know what? I'm better than I was a year ago. You want to be standing on December 30th, 2019 and say, you know what? I've come a long way in 2019 by God's help. I'm a better person than I was in, 2000, uh, than I was in 2018. I, I'm, I'm stronger for what I'm going through. I'm not facing the same struggles I was before. I'm better because God's helped me. And, and I'd be willing to bet at the end of the year, if you do this stuff, you'll say, I don't even know how I did it. But God... He helped me. He showed me the path, and I walked it. Lead yourself to him. If God wants to do great things in your life, then show him that your life is a place that's able to handle the change. The bridge is a place that helps you do that. I mean, maybe your next step is to serve somewhere, and you know that's what your next step is. I'm, I'm proud to say we have places and opportunities for you to serve. 
Maybe your next step is ownership, and you're, you've been sitting here a while, and, and you're going, you know what, I, I've just been kind of hanging on, riding the, riding the crowd. Maybe you, it's time for you to actually not just be a part of the crowd, but actually get involved and become one with the church. And those are just a couple of things but, that the church offers, but what is it that you know that you need to change to position yourself to a place where you can hear God speak? And, and maybe you're here and you feel like your relationship with God is great, and that's, that's awesome. But I know this, we're not perfect people, are we? If we're down here on earth breathing air, that means there's room to grow. That means there's places that God wants to, to grow us, and there's things that God wants to move us forward and the new blessings. But you're just not sure what needs to change. You're not sure what your next step is. You're not sure what area of your life God you know, wants to do something in. You just don't know. Well, maybe you need to pray a prayer that David prayed in the Bible in Psalm 139. This was a man after God's heart. And this is what he prayed in verse 23. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. These are things that you can do to hear God more clearly and position yourself to walk closer to Him. And the fact is, is you're the only one that can do it. There's no person or place or group of people that's planning this stuff for you. There's people that'll speak into your life, but at the end of the day, you've got to position yourself to hear from God, and you have to lead yourself to get there. And the second thing you do once you get there is let God lead you. Position yourself to do the things you know you need to do to hear God speak. And once you get on that path, let go of the reins and let God lead you. Now, I'm going to tell you something that it's going to entail. It's going to demand that you trust him. Letting God lead is one of the most adventurous things you will ever do in your entire life, if not the most adventurous thing. But if you don't trust him, you will, you will bail every time it gets hard. Let me clarify that. You will bail every time something happens in your life and God asks you to do something that you don't understand. Trust. So many times in the Bible and, and so many times in our lives, we see people where they, they get to a starting position, they lead themselves there, they make changes that honor God, but when life gets hard, they bail out, they run, because things get confusing to them and they think, well, I need to take the reins back. Letting God lead means that you have to trust him when he prompts you to do things that you don't understand. Now, can I just get real? Without trust, you'll rely on God only for things that you can figure out. Since God requires faith, that means walking forward before God answers the questions. If you don't trust him, you're going to find yourself in a cycle of positioning yourself to hear from God and going back and doing it yourself positioning yourself to hear, and then all of a sudden it becomes about rituals. I have to do these things to get close to God, and then I fall back because things get hard. How about you position yourself to hear from God, and then let go and let him lead? <laughs> that, he said, I want to do infinitely more than you can ask, infinitely more than you can even ask or even think about. So we can agree right there that if we try to do it ourselves, we're only going to accomplish the things that we can think about and that we can do. God wants to do more than that. And I just got to say, it gets scary. Can, can, can we all just acknowledge the human part of us that it gets scary when we let God lead sometimes because we don't understand. But we can come to him and we can say, God, I, I trust you. And even though I'm scared, even though I have fears, he understands that. Jesus is the part of, of the Godhead that understands your fears. He was human. He understands you. He gets it. But he said, we can come to him with our fears. In fact, Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. It's okay to be scared. 
not knowing how things are going to go or not knowing how things are going to work out. It's scary, but it's easy. You bring your fears to God. I, I say it's easy. The principle is easy. It's hard to do, but you can do it. You, you bring your fears to the Lord and trust. Proverbs gives us some great insight on this in, in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And it doesn't get any more clear than this. Don't lean on your own understanding. <laughs> in other words, don't do the things that only you can think of. It says, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I mean, it's, when you trust God enough to let him lead you despite your fears, you're going to have a deep-rooted confidence deep-rooted confidence. And it's not because you're going to know all the answers, not because you can see what's coming around the corner. You're going to have a deep-rooted confidence because you know you're on the right path. And I just got to tell you, there is no greater joy in this life than knowing that you are in the will of God. God has a plan for you. He wants to do it, you know, infinitely more than you could ask or think. When you don't know what's going to happen, when you don't know what's coming around the corner, the greatest joy is knowing that I'm on the right path. It doesn't mean you know the answers. It means you know the one who does. And you're close enough to him that you know he's not going to let you fall. But staying close to God means trusting him whenever you don't know what's coming. The, the writer of Psalm 119 says, and you may have heard this before, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. When you get to the path and you let go, God's word is going to illuminate your path so you know where to walk. When you're close to God, you'll hear him. He'll speak through his word or he'll speak through other people that are godly, that are filled with his word in your life, and they'll come and speak to you. And it'll show you your next step. He says his word is like a lamp on a path that you're walking with. Have you ever been camping or out in the woods somewhere at night and you're walking down the path with a lamp? Maybe you're camping and you're trying to get away from people for, for a little bit and you're walking down a path um, I don't know why you'd be walking down the path, maybe to go do your business in the woods. I don't know. But you can't see where you're going. And, and, and you don't know exactly what's coming around the corner, but you've got that lamp and you can see what? Just about two or three steps in front of you. Maybe you've got a flashlight and you're kind of looking around. But it only illuminates the path just for a little bit. But we keep walking, don't we? And God said his word in your life is like that lamp. You may not see everything that's coming around the corner, but you can be confident knowing what your next step is. It's, it's the scariest thing sometimes to walk in the dark in life and only know your next step. And sometimes that step is simply this, wait and trust me. Learn to confide in me. Learn to come to me with your fears. We're not going to go another step until, until you come to me with your fears because there's going to be some more steps down the road that you're going to have to come to me with because it's going gonna, it's gonna to freak you out. It's going to scare you. He may not tell you that, but I can tell you from experience it's true. Because the fact is, is if God just illuminated the whole path, that would be freakier to you than just seeing the two steps in front of you. <laughs> because why? Because he says he's going to do immeasurably more, infinitely more than you can think or ask. That's scary. Because if he were to illuminate the whole thing, you'd say, there's no way I can do that. And that's what you'd do. You'd run. <laughs> you'd bail. Because the things he wants to do in your life on the other side of, of, some, of some path is, is infinitely more. The blessings, you, can't even, you don't even know you want them from here. And you have no idea what it's going to take to get them. But God knows what you're capable of. And he loves you. And he's saying, trust me. And so his word is like a lamp. It shows us a few steps. And we're faithful to walk in them. And we, we trust him as we go forward. Listen, if, if you trust in yourself, then you get you-sized results. But if you trust in God, guess what you get? You get God-sized results. You get the results that you didn't see coming. Now, maybe for some of you, you, you haven't seen results in a long time. And, and you don't... You don't see them from where you're at right now. 
You've been waiting. You've been trusting. But maybe for 2019, if I could just be bold with you, it may mean waiting for some of you. It may mean you have to walk some more path and, and, and you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I can promise you it's a path to get to those things that are infinitely greater than you can ask or think. But you may have to go through a season. Maybe you're going through it now where you don't see the blessings and you're facing the path and all you see is the next step and you're waiting and waiting is hard. We don't want to wait. We want the result now. We want the new breakthrough. We want the spouse we've been praying for. We want, you know, the, the financial breakthrough. And we're tired of struggling. We want the healing to come. We don't, we don't know what's going to take that, that place in our lives that's hurting. And, and you're just waiting. Now, can I show you a verse that'll make you mad <laughs> for, for a minute? Um, we'll get mad together, right? Uh, at least in our flesh. Isaiah 55, verse 8. You may have heard this before. God says this. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Now, when you're hurting, let's just give ourselves to be permission to be honest. That stinks. <laughs> we, we love you, Lord, and God knows I'm not being uh, disrespectful towards him, but to our flesh, that hurts. It's like, okay, I get it. No, duh, right? If, if your ways were my ways, I would feel better right now, but I, they don't feel better because your ways are not my ways, and whatever you're doing, I don't get it. Just get me through it. Get me to the end. Can we do the fast forward thing? <laughs> you know, that makes us mad sometimes. God, your ways are not my ways. I, I get it. And then, then he goes on to say something in verse 10 that clarifies, and, and maybe you've connected this, I don't know, but he says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, think about that, and they don't return back up to the heaven without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And he starts to compare his word to snow and, and rain coming down to the earth and watering it and making it real pretty. Think about flowers and trees and, and seeds that get planted and they get watered and then more crop grow and more seed. And it's just this continuous thing. And then, then, the, then the water goes back up into the sky, and then it happens all over again. And I got to thinking, he's comparing his word to rain cycles. And so I started looking at rain cycles and kind of what that looked like, and, and it took me about three seconds to realize I am in way over my head. I don't know what this is. I don't know if you've ever looked at rain cycles before, but I started looking at it, and there's this process, one of the, the many processes in the cycle of rain called sublimation. You ever heard of that? I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It's, it's a process of snow and ice. It changes into water vapor in the air without first melting into uh, water. Did you know that? I bet you knew it. You're, you're smart folks. And then the opposite of sublimation is deposition. And that's where water vapor changes directly into ice. Yeah, I, I knew that, right? Sublimation occurs more readily. This is a little fun fact for you. When certain weather conditions are present, such as low relative humidity and dry winds, and sublimation also occurs uh, more at higher altitudes where the air pressure is less. <laughs> Some of you were like, <laughs> right? And that's, of course, stay with me, taking uh, evapotranspiration into consideration. 
for all of you taking notes. That's the sum of evaporation from the ground and plants. And I'm sure you probably knew that. Uh, and of course, there's infiltration that has to do with subsurface water and confined and unconfined aquifers. And, and, and I could go on and on, but we don't know any of that. And I looked at it and literally I was like, okay, that's about all I even want to put in my notes, much less try to think about. That is so much to think about. And the fact is, is that most of us just walk outside and go, huh, it looks like it's going to rain. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know all these processes. And to be honest with you, a lot of us could care less. All we want to do is turn WRAL and see what the fish has to say, right? Greg Fischel, for those of you who don't know what I mean. Maybe you're new to town. It's okay. And the rest of us, we just we think it's going to rain, and the rest of us just get caught in the rain because we didn't know it was coming. We had no idea that there was this whole process going on long before we ever saw the first drop. And I was talking to somebody today in first service. They were a science teacher, and they, they said, you know, actually, the, the, the cycles can take years for that, for that rain to come back around. And this is what I begin to think. When it's dry outside and there's no rain in sight, there's processes that we can't even begin to pronounce that's going on all around us. And all we see is dry. All we see is drought at times. That's how God describes his word going out into our lives. You may be going through a time of waiting. You may be going through a time of pain, a time of darkness. And you don't know where the resources are coming from because nothing's in front of you that suggests it. And God says, just like you can't see the processes that are happening before it rains, I am working for you. You can be sure. You, you, you may go through, through months. Maybe some of you have been going through years. But God is doing something, and He's in the works. He's doing something in your life that you can't see from here, something that you can't even begin to ask or think. And He's saying, when you're waiting, trust me. Trust that I am working. Trust that I am, I am doing something on your behalf that's far bigger than you. Trust that when, when you come out to the other side of this, it is going to rain blessings in your life, just like you walk outside and it just, all of a sudden it's raining. You had no idea the years of, of process that was going on to get you to that one point. And maybe some of you have been waiting. Some, maybe some of you are going into a period of waiting. I don't know. But I can tell you this. God is in the, the business of working all things out for your good. And there's going to come a day where the blessings are going to come out of nowhere. It's going to happen in a day. There is a day coming. It's a prescribed day. And it's going to change like that. In the process, in the waiting, trust. Let God have control. Lead yourself to Him. And then let go and let God lead you. Ephesians 3.20, I want to come back to this verse again. What could God be doing in you for 2019? I don't know all the details, but I know that all the glory belongs to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us, within you and me, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Lead yourself to him and let go and let God lead you and trust him. And you can start that journey right now before the new year even gets here. You can decide for yourself that I am going to walk in him. Can we pray together? God, thank you for this opportunity to, to declare your word. Lord, my prayer is that we receive your word myself included, from, from the front of this room all the way to the back of the room, every person that's listening online, Lord, you, you've purposed us to hear this today. It's your word. It's not me. It's, it's your word that goes out and doesn't come back empty. Not my words. I'm just a human being. But your words in our lives accomplish the purpose for which you sent. And so I just declare that today, firmly and boldly, 
into our lives. And my prayer, Holy Spirit, is that you would soften hearts and make us pliable to you. Lord, there's people in this room that know right now the things they need to change. They don't need to wait on a lightning bolt or pray about it because they've already been dealing with it. They know. You've been dealing with them. They know. My prayer is that they have the boldness to, to first come to, to come to grips with that and be honest with themselves and then say yes to you. That's my prayer. Position themselves to get to you. Position themselves to make their lives a place that you can work in. And Lord, the, the boldest prayer I can pray is that, is that you would show us how to let go. Show us the place, as David said. Show me the place in my, lives that are, that, that my life that's offensive to you. And lead me along the path everlasting. Help us to let go of that and trust the fact that you coined this verse. It's your word that you want to do infinitely more than we can think or ask. Help us to trust you and let go. In Jesus' name. There's so many things, so many lives, so many blessings, so many paths, Lord, that you're going to walk us through in 2019. And, and, and again, Lord, my prayer is that we get to the end of next year and look back and say, wow, look what God did. I had no clue he was going to do that. For some of us, maybe we're going to look back and say, that was one of the toughest years of my life, but I'm still here. I'm still breathing air. I don't know how I would have survived that if I hadn't have let go and let God in my life. Let him lead. I know that I know that I know, Father, that all things work together for the good of those who love you, those who are called according to your purpose. So do your work, God. Do it well. Help us to do our part. Maybe there's some, somebody in the room or somebody listening online that has... They need to solve a different problem. They, they, they need to solve the problem of eternity. And when I say solve the problem, knowing that Jesus already solved that problem, but they need to make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. And I, I don't know if that's you today, but I know this. God's been calling your name, and you're not, you're not here for just any reason. You're not listening right now just for some strange reason or by happenstance, but the God of the universe is calling your name. He knows it, and the Bible says that before he made the earth, he had you in mind and was speaking blessings over your life in the heavenly realms. He chose you in Christ Jesus because of what he was going to do in Jesus Christ for you to be holy and to be blameless and to stand before him as worthy because he wanted to. And my prayer today is that you would say yes to him. So I'm, I'm just going to say a prayer. Would you be bold and say yes to Jesus today? God, I need you. Would you just agree to that? I need you. My life is not perfect. In fact, as good as things may be going right now, I, I am an imperfect human being. And I can't stand before a perfect God and ask to get into a perfect heaven being imperfect. There's a rift there, but I believe that you sent Jesus here to die for me. And I choose today to accept him and make him the Lord of my life. Make him the authority over my decisions and my life trajectory. That freaks us out. That's hard. But we trust you. We lead ourselves to you right now and we let go and ask you to lead us. Would you just agree to this prayer in your heart right now? God, here's your heart. God, I believe that you sent Jesus here to die for me. I believe that he lived on this earth and lived it perfect and he died for me. We believe this in faith, but that he really rose again. He rose to life, and he's in heaven right now. I believe that. I believe you rose him from the grave. I believe he is your son, and I believe I need him. 
I don't have all the answers, but I aim my heart at you and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Help me to understand enough of what I need to understand on a daily basis as I seek you to help me get in the places that I need to be. I trust you in that. And I thank you for having me. I thank you for dying for me. Maybe for some of us, we're kind of agreeing to this right now for the very first time and it feels like a weight's been lifted off. Maybe for others of you, you're saying this prayer and you just... You don't feel anything. That's great. That's fine. I'm, I'm glad God doesn't operate and our salvation doesn't depend on our feelings, by the way, which are here one second and gone the next. But our salvation and our joy depends on a God who's unchanging, who had the plan in place long before he created the earth. So we sink into that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.